the best part of your week is about to begin. This is the time where we talk shop, swap stories, and share lessons from our wild adventures in the creative industry. With each and every lovingly crafted episode, we strive to bottle that magic, warm, electric feeling you get after coffee with a new friend or attending a fantastic breakout session at a creative conference. You might start as strangers, but you'll leave as friends. Buckle up, settle in, and get ready for this episode of Making a Mark. Hello and welcome to another episode of Making a Mark, the show where we get creators together and ask them one big question. I'm joined, as always, by my dear internet friend, Ashley Ulmer. Ashley, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Can we just talk about how cool that hat is that you're wearing? Look at it. Oh, this old thing? <laughs> oh, this little guy right here? Yeah. I'm I'm excited it finally got to you. I feel like all the shipments I made for Internet Friends took forever to get to people. I don't know if I did it wrong, but I sent that out like almost two weeks ago, and you probably just got it, right? I did just get it. I got it just in the nick of time on Wednesday. Well, two days ago. I don't know okay. how, how you're defining a nick of time, but... But if it's a 48-hour window, yes. Yeah. Uh, and well, can I, I, I also, specifically ordered it for this moment. I just want to jump in because you said a Nick of time. And so I think that's a perfect segue to who our, who our guest is today. His name's Nick. <laughs> right? Did that work? That was oh, good. that was beautiful. You're, you're a pro. You're a pro. <laughs> Nick, As an Nick expert in a Nick of time, a Nick of time means 20 minutes late anywhere you go. So okay. that's what a nick yeah. of time is. So. A nick yeah. goodner of time is actually twenty nick minutes goodner late. Of time. Goodner. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Also, well, you're on time today. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Nick. In a cool. nick of time. I'm glad to be here. Good to be hanging out. Who else we and got today, Ash? We also have our friend Dustin Harper. What? What? Hey guys. I would think of a fun, like, clever name for your name, but I don't know. But I, if your name was Justin, I feel like it'd be like just in time. But we could say he's just in time. He's just <laughs> in time. <laughs> uh, it's a reach, but I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah just, just, just in the wind, y'all. Yeah, there it is. There it is. The dust wind. in the wind. Yeah. Dust Thanks for wind. being here, guys. Our, our dear friend, uh, Dustin Cooper, the other Dustin, I, I was thinking, I thought about that a couple of days ago. I was like, dang, we should have had the Dustins on the, the call together so we could we could have more really like matching up uh, people's names like we did with uh, Ronald and Ruben or oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ron and Ruben. Uh, yeah, guys, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're really excited to have you. Uh, I do want to plug Ashley's store in an official capacity because she's not going to y'all. If you want a, a lovely headdress like mine, she's got that and other cool stuff on her new shop, internet friends, which I feel like Ash, you've always got this like timely sense about you. It's like what, what the people need. The people well, can need. I, can I just say that technically the name internet friends, we talked about that on making a mark. Cause we say that a lot. We're like, Oh, we're all internet friends. And I'm like, that's such a good name. So I actually got it from, from the show. So thanks. <gasps> wow. World's colliding. That's lovely. <laughs> oh, look at this. It's my hat. Yeah. Um, right there. That's actually, I think actually the actual one that you're wearing. Wow. <laughs> I've got, I've got the, the, the beta test. The model the, hat, yeah. What's it called? The model hat. Yeah, for real. I, I really, I was very close to getting Sad Girls Club. Um, I just didn't, <laughs> or the Cool Moms Club. I actually had a, I had a few guys get Sad Girls Club, which is kind of funny. I think that that could have been real nice. I'm also a right hand. Like I was like, how do I combine the most things that are not true about me onto one hat? 
um, to get that sad girl's cool, cool moms and a lefty, <laughs> a lefty. rock and rolling baby. Ooh, I'm a lefty. Yeah. See, you need the hat. I think there's a lot of lefty designers. That's why yeah. I did if it. you're That's exactly why I did it. If you're left-handed in the chat, um, let us know. Or if you know how many of your friends are uh, left-handed, because I really do no, feel like most guys, of my. Come on. If you're left-handed in the chat, buy the hat. I mean, come yeah. on. You've got to learn how to promo here, people. Let's promo. <laughs> if you're left-handed in the chat, yeah. you got to go buy the hat right now. <laughs> Nick's here right. to make everybody money. Come yeah. on, you, you want to know. I'm all about it. You want to know a weird, weird uh, bucket list thing for me? Andrew's lefty. Is uh, Have you ever guys seen like the telethons they do when they're like fundraising on like yeah. PBS and stuff? Heck yeah. Yes. It is so unpleasant to watch. It is so <laughs> like they're stretching the time out. They're like all this stuff. It is It is not a cool thing. But there's a little part of me that has always wanted to run a telethon. Like I wanted to say like, hey, we've got variety show because we need to fill up 12 <laughs> hours of television. What are we going to do? Yeah. Uh, I've thought about doing well, fake ones as like fundraisers through Bright Coal and like having a, a live full Technicolor experience for the kids. Um, but it's cool. never taken off. So my weird uh, obsessions are uh, becoming a truck driver and uh, running a landscaping company. And, <laughs> you know what's so uh, crazy? Can running a... A I, telephone. I feel like right now, like normally we're pretty good about including the guests, but I'm just having a, a no. chat with you for a second, Josh. <laughs> Not today. You know what's funny is being a truck driver is one of mine and my husband Sean's dreams. Like when we retire, we're like, we want to be a truck driver because that'd be so no way. Cool. That would make money. That'd be cool. Oh, I have <laughs> geeked out on uh, like watch some documentaries. Like there's a lot of content out there about like you can you can practice being a truck driver. Yeah. Uh, some of my TikTok is actually truck driver simulators. And watching what guys are cooking in their truck while they're out on the road. Yeah. And I that's the show, them. guys. Thanks yeah. for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks for having us. All right. Well, that's see you all next time. Oh <laughs> uh, guys, let's let's jump into this puppy. Uh, we're going round robin for everything. So we'll go Ash, Nick, Dustin, Josh. Uh, as you know, I'm always going to talk unnecessarily in between everybody. Uh, but Nick, why don't you go ahead and give us a little quick intro about yourself for those of you who don't know who mr goodner is and then dustin you do the same tell us who where you're from what do you do why your mom loves you yeah we round robin ash is going to go first but actually nick is going to go first <laughs> well she doesn't need to introduce herself in theory after 16 is. episodes people know who ashley is maybe okay. hopefully okay. Yeah. well my name is nick and uh probably a lot of you know me probably a lot of this audience knows me from creative church i Created it back in 2015, uh, started as an Instagram account, grew into a community for church creatives, and now we're focusing on helping those creatives find jobs that they love within the church context. Um, outside of that, I'm a marketing consultant. I've worked with brands like Boxcast. Yeah, there's me. Um, I've worked with brands like Boxcast and Keller Williams um, to help them with their marketing and social media presence, all that good stuff. And this year, I decided that I wanted to go front seat, take a take an active role and start helping people market themselves and make money marketing themselves. Because I see that there's a lot of people that like they want to be a creator. They want to do this whole like creative thing, but they don't know how to connect themselves to their buyers. And so that's my whole plan and mission this year. 
I don't know if Josh is on He's or muted. Off. Love Josh of God. This well, is this yeah. is just just became every Zoom call ever. <laughs> wow. Sorry guys, I had a long fart to let out, and then I just started talking again. And so, uh, yeah, oh, this. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, like, I I love this, and I, I've really been loving the stuff you've been putting out. And I'm not saying that because you're a guest. And I'm trying to be nice to you. Um, I really have enjoyed, especially the stuff you have been just cranking out this year. Uh, and and I think this makes a ton of sense. Like the the creator economy is just continuing to grow and more and more people are seeing this as like a viable career. And then there's bridging that gap between I know a thing, I need yep. clients. And like, uh, I think you're, you're in a, in a great position to uh, help connect the dots for folks. That's great. I'm just excited to talk um, with you, Nick, because I feel like anytime like I've ever act, interacted with you, like as far as podcasts and stuff, you're always like leading it. You're always the host and asking the questions. So I'm interested to talk to you just like, you know. Yeah, because that's the easier the job. Like yeah. that's the that's the better job actually in all of this. Yeah. yeah it's just nerve wracking to sit here and be interviewed. Like we, we could be asked next. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love yeah. that. And then and that's then they're like, hey, we don't have any prep time. We're going live right now. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we had no uh, warm up in the green room today, guys. One of the things that um, I always love when you're on a podcast and the 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 roles switch and like the interviewee starts asking questions and stuff. And that, that's always a fun dynamic. But that's kind of the way this one's engineered is at some point we drift off into conversation land where I hope maybe by the end got of this, I completely flip the entire interview structure into I'm interviewing all of you all. <laughs> well, and this it, is it, now it, the Goodner podcast. And I just publish it right to my feed. I don't even have to worry about creating an episode this week. So that's what I'm really <laughs> It'll happen. here. <laughs> all you got to do is ask me a question about anything I care about. And I will not shut up for about 20 minutes perfect um but before we get into that lovely segment dustin oh oh i'm so sorry i am so sorry we're we're messing this puppy up ashley we keep forgetting the how it's made session oh i text i texted you the pictures did you get them are we gonna do that first we're gonna go over we do it we do it at the beginning of the show well, You're yeah, crazy? but you got you to gotta introduce dustin first and then we go back and do that we haven't talked to dustin we uh, asked him what he's about who's dustin Who's Dustin? Um, Who so Dustin? Dustin, Dustin's from Charleston, <laughs> West Virginia. Um, so I work with Church Media Squad. I think everyone knows that. I've been what? there about three years. <laughs> yeah, what? And uh, so I'm a squad lead over there. I get to lead about six people, um, do some admin stuff, and then still keep my hands on all the designs. Um, me and my wife were foster parents. That's a big part of what oh, we do. Cool. We are. So cool. we've adopted two siblings. And then we're fostering two siblings. So we have a total of four kids right now. Wow. And two of those kids are under two years old. Nice. So that is very <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> it's That's a awesome. it's a fun thing, man. We just felt called to it. And it's just it's something I mean, anytime that we get to say like what we do or who we're about, that that comes up. So I think that's what makes my mom proud, Josh, to to tail in your that. last <laughs> I, it, it should like that is truly like one of in my mind like one of the most like selfless things you can do is not go like oh let me go volunteer somewhere let me go on a mystery no let me bring somebody into my house that is broken and like be there and know that they're gonna leave at some point like sometimes an unknown point and uh like that's just like all kinds of hard and pain and you guys say mm -hmm. yep bring it on and and that's fantastic like that is that is so cool. And I love that you're uh, teeing that up because I know for a lot of people, like they're maybe kicking around the idea of adoption or foster parenting mm -hmm. and like hearing 
the other folks doing it and mm-hmm. making life happen. It's, it's got to be super encouraging. And yeah, um, definitely. And, and not to like <laughs> derail the episode, but that's one thing we want to do is like normalize it. I think there's such a mm-hmm. stigma around um, these kids not being like normal or like, like they're just kids that needed a home. They're no different than mm-hmm. kids you go to church with or, yeah. or whatever. So anyways, but anyways, well, I do want to say it's an honor to be here today too. I, I yeah. love and respect all the stuff that you all do. So it, it, thanks for having me. Dustin, what I recommend for you is uh, Ashley Omer's Cool Moms hat. Uh, Google yeah. back up the website. Yo, I do want to say, like, I love that normalizing thing because we, a lot of times, like, the knee-jerk thing when you say foster, uh, you think about the families that have, like, 18 kids and, like, the like two Sprinter vans in their in their driveway. <laughs> and it's, like, there's, like, yeah. all this, like, weird, like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. not I'm, I'm not going there, right? Like, that's a lot, lot. And and that's oh, not yeah. – there's a lot of different ways to – Justin's like, we actually have those vans in our driveway, man. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> we did have to get a free row car. But I said I'm a foster parent, not that I'm destroying <laughs> the stigma. <laughs> right. right. Oh, oh, that's man. great. Nick, uh, we were on your website, and then I remember that you had uh, a special a special page for everybody today. Is that yes. right? Yeah. If you are watching this and you want a free download, and we haven't talked about anything of value yet, but uh, you can go to nickgoodner.com. Well, besides <laughs> Dustin and his foster parenting, um, nickgoodner.com slash M-A-M, ma'am. Uh, you can go and hey, it's for us. Grab a wow. grab a free download there. Uh, I will take your email um, because I'm a marketer, not uh, not in charity. So anyway, um, I love that. Uh, you so are you are officially oh, yeah. <laughs> the fanciest of all boys. I love this. Yeah, Nick, I love both this. those it's sites you released this week look so good. By the way, thank you. Like I both like of them look Squarespace, great. Who is I was going to I could tell um, I could tell, but I love it. Dude, I got I got some love for Squarespace. There's you can do a lot of magic stuff in there. Um, I was just gonna say, Josh, we don't have a website for making a mark, so let's just <laughs> we'll just use Nick's landing page as our website. Yeah, from now yeah, on, yeah, so from like, now on <laughs> everyone's just directed yeah. to just go that. there. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you after this episode. We do have a <laughs> we website. Do. I just, just don't because know you it. didn't okay, make sorry. it. It's makingamarkpod.com, you ding dong. Well, this no, is cooler. It, so we'll go yeah. it is far cooler, but Ashley's we have right. a place Ashley's for right. stuff to just exist. Link it to my website. See, it's, 100% right. it's very transparent right now how much work I actually do with the podcast. I literally just show up. <laughs> you, so well, I'm like sorry. you said before the show, you're cashing the sponsorship checks and not telling Josh. Yeah, so, I get the yeah. sharpie. Money, what is money and josh makes the website yeah, i mean exactly it's a great uh, deal i think so nick warned wow. us on instagram he was gonna derail us at minute eight and i yep. think we're at 15 so we made yeah, it we did seven it. minutes i, did, I made i'm we did i'm it. a man of my word i will <laughs> derail are. this podcast you are it's the one thing i guarantee website and they blocked your website <laughs> wait they blocked uh, my that. website yeah, you said a cuss word at a conference one time, and now you're, you're blocked <laughs> at church. Never again. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. You're like, no. <sighs> Guys, uh, yeah, it's been a blast. I don't know how you're going to derail this thing, because it's not like we're on a train heading in a direction. We're more like in a bicycle in the desert, like just kind of, yeah. I don't know where you want to go today. <laughs> but uh, we do have a topic today. Ashley, what's our topic? We are talking about experience versus information. And I guess we can go 
kind of debating which is better, right? Um, I'm I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about it because once again, I'm not prepared with my answer, but I'm ready to answer it whenever. <laughs> which is right, so I better. think. Yeah, I think I, I mean it, yeah, it's it, it's more of like uh, less of like which one's better. Obviously, experience is more valuable than information. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think what's gotten me thinking about this one is a post that Nick uh, had a few weeks ago, or at mm-hmm. some point in the in the near or distant past, he said those two words, and I said, mm, "That that's got me thinking." Let's talk with some friends about it. Uh, it. And and I think that you know, like, there's a lot of ways we can go with this thing. We can talk about how robots are taking all of our jobs, or or will be in the in the future, and you know about like think maybe lessons learned and like where you maybe went into a situation. Uh, with something you had read in a textbook or in a blog post or been told by a smart person, and then you got into the real thick of things and found out like, oh, no, that's not how this works. Mm. Um, It turns out there's more than five steps to building a website, unlike Mm -hmm. all of the agency uh, websites that they promise. There's a lot of bends and turns and lessons to learn along the way and things that you got to pivot and deviate from the the main course uh, or, or prescription, if you will. So. I don't care where where you guys want to start, uh, but we're really just kind of uh, playing around with uh, experience and versus like just having raw data uh-huh. or or um, something written down on paper. Yeah. I think the first place that has to start is we have to define what type of experience we're talking about. Yeah. For instance, if I get my arm cut off, I don't want another guy who's had his arm cut off helping me with my arm because he's just experienced <laughs> the arm cut off. I want a doctor with information on how to fix my arm. Mm. Okay, so I think it's important to really quantify like what experience we're talking about. We want quality experience whenever we're like addressing this issue between Mm. information and experience, because even though the doctor might not have ever experienced his arm being cut off, he has the information to fix your arm. Right. Mm -hmm. Come on. That's good. Having that like let's put it in that bowl first, because anywhere we work from here now, we understand that there is a quality factor Mm -hmm. in both of these. For both. Right. That's fantastic. There's a quality factor in information. There's a quality factor in experience. It's not really either or or which one's yeah. better. It's mm-hmm. both and. It's just what's the quality of those things. Mm, yeah. How do you how do you qualify stuff before you get down the road? Because like I've been uh, sidled up to people who have been doing something a long time, and like we'll be yeah. talking, and I can quickly smell like oh you've been burned or like something has happened in your life, and this is not passing the sniff check of. Like mm-hmm. this is specific to you and cautionary tale. Okay. Noted, but it's not like, Oh, let me write this down. And like, how do you frame that stuff out? Like how do you, what parameters do you put on that? Nick? I think it's just coming down to, I mean, every person that you're going to hear from, you're going to have an internal sniff test that they're going to have to pass. And it's going to be based on the information, the foundation that you have within you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be different for every single person. Uh, somebody might grab my content, might grab my information and go, oh, wow, this really hits me. It's where I at. Nick kicks me in the face in the good way. Like, this is great. Somebody might look at me and go, man, this guy's arrogant. All he cares about is money. I don't give a crap about him. I'm probably not going to reach those people and that's fine. And it's okay. But it doesn't negate the fact that I have experience doing this. Mm. It's just, you have to be the one who makes that judge on every single person that you come across, especially the people who are giving advice online because online lets you have information with no experience and lets a lot of people have information with no experience. Uh, One of the things I like to look for is, has this been repeated by somebody who's in like the, like the wider space, right? 
or is this just something that's this one person has said like <clears throat> out of random or mm. is it something that's just popular right now that they're talking about like there was this ai thing going on this week and a post i can't remember the post but i could see instantly that when i saw this post i was like this person has no real experience with dealing with emerging technologies they have no real experience with using ai what it sounds like to me is they're just afraid of it and it's getting really popular as it got really popular amongst creatives because creatives are also afraid of it right now like we're all afraid of ai like what's ai going to do to our jobs right and so we get really nervous about these emerging technologies and some people just like to play into those fears but yeah. in reality they don't pass the sniff test even though they're very popular even though they have a lot of followers even though they've been doing this a long time what they said here doesn't pass the sniff test at least for me so yeah that's uh that's super good and i think it it, it also reminds me of uh, some, I, I, I'm terrible at remembering names. I remember the gist of killer quotes and then like butcher the quote and don't can't cite the source. So that, that's that's gonna. I only operate about. in visuals, so I can't tell you what the words were, what the person who said it was, but I can tell but you what color it was. Feel. I can tell you what color it was. It was black so, and green. So that's what's about um, to happen right now. Yeah. Somebody smart said we spend a lot of time sipping at advice and like trying on advice for size and like listening to a bunch of different people. Yeah. And what we need to do is be much more thorough in vetting where the information is coming from and then do not push back at all from what that person is saying. So spend a lot of time finding a sage mentor person that you trust, mm -hmm. like find reasons to believe what they're saying or like, like, and then when they say something, do it. Yeah. Don't push back. Don't like say like explain it away or give reasons if you're having a conversation with them. Like right. let them give you that hard medicine and then you go do it because otherwise you're just kind of like picking and choosing what feels easiest and most comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, I, and rather than like actually listening to your doctor, if we're going to go back to that analogy. Mm -hmm. I would I would actually take a little bit different take on it. I How think dare every you? single piece of advice should be weighed like routine. Mm. Everything should be brought into the critical eye. And I take this, I'm a Christian, I'm, I went to Bible school, so I have a lot of like uh, <laughs> Jesus jukes and Bible references. I take this from Paul when he's talking about the Bereans in like Acts. And he says, be wise like the Bereans who went home, examined the word of God to see if what Paul was saying was true. Mm -hmm. That was wisdom to have that critical eye mm -hmm. on any advice, even though it was coming from this guy who claims he saw Jesus. They still Did went that. and they examined to make sure that what he was saying was true. Right. If you're if you're the guy speaking and you know your stuff, you want it to be examined. Right. You know, I think that's what I think of whenever you like someone who's valid wants you to put them under the microscope because they can just prove to you that their way or their thought process or even their experience is. Is, is actually what they, you know, what, what needs to be seen. And to add to mm. that, it's that critical eye for people that will start to shift their thought. Yeah. See, what a lot of people really underestimate is you see a lot of creators, especially new ones, they get mad when people rebuttal. I fucking love it because when people rebuttal, it tells me they're taking what I said, weighing it against what they know, mm. and they are trying it against how they're doing things right now. Hmm. And they're seeing if what I said was true. Mm -hmm. And if what I said was true to them, guess what? I have 
successfully create a change for a person. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah. conflict. I love when people rebuttal me because it tells me that they are thinking about what I have said, what I've posted, mm -hmm. what I've created. Yeah, like it's point. you didn't just like like echo something they already felt. Like, yeah, more of this. Right. Like, right. Either you're getting sharper or they are like processing one of the two. Sorry, Ashley, right. go ahead. Oh, no, it's OK. I was just going to say, I mean, I feel like that's a good thought because they're taking the information that you're presenting to them. They're questioning it or trying it out for themselves. So they're almost getting the experience themselves mm -hmm. and they're combining their experience with your information and finding a truth for themselves. Yep. And I think that's a good way to take it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is good. All right, Nick, you need to stop talking now. Dustin, it is your turn to talk. Um, not fully on this exact thing we were talking about, but back to kind of like the information experience situation. I think, um, sorry, one of our kids is about to leave the room. But um, How dare you? Have your cool mom. How dare you? It's have all right. You're uh, a cool but, mom. Um, Ashley's going to send you one of those hats. <laughs> thanks, Nick. Um, no, but one thing I think of is... Uh, like kind of a rule that my team operates by is like three things. So like you want to be the professional in the room. That's kind of where we start and like ways that we do that. And this is kind of leading into the experience thing is like these three phrases, like always be human, always be sincere and always be helpful. Mm -hmm. So if you approach every single task in your day with those three things, so like what needs to be human, keep it human. What can be automated, automate. You know, that's kind of where I, I like draw that line. And, you know, um, but then it's just like if, if you take that into every conversation and every task for me anyways, the client feels like they're winning no matter if what you produced at the end of the day was exactly what they envisioned or not. Mm -hmm. That's so. good. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. Being being acting like a regular, like real human being will 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 really smooth over a lot of situations. It's wild. It'll make you more like like present and and do better work. But mm -hmm. it also really helps like bridge the gap between uh, relational issues. And it, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like we get into uh, a, attempted robot mode way too often and way too easily. That's you know good. what it kind of reminds me of um, Josh is a, an episode that we had back back in the day with, um, with Dustin on freelance Fridays, we talked about, um, whether we thought going to school, like going to college for design, like to have the information to learn that was as important as actually like, you know, being in the field for so many years. So, you know, obviously yeah. experience information again. And <clears throat> yeah, I think for me personally, I think just like Nick said, they need to go hand in hand. Cause obviously you need to have the information mm -hmm. to do our job, like we need to know what we're doing to do it. But then also I think experience comes with a lot of like learning how to relate to people, to clients, to build those relationships. Like that's, to me, I feel like that's more um, important than knowing everything about design. Cause right. Cause like, mm -hmm. I mean, I went to school 2007, like I've been doing this for a long time. I haven't learned like a lot of the new ways to do things. But because of my experience, I can figure it out. Like I can, I can yeah. figure out how to do it. But with my experience, I know how to build relationships with clients and to make them feel welcome and to make them feel like, you know, working with me is, is fun versus them feeling intimidated because I know everything about, you know, design, but I'm a butthead. You know what I mean? Like, I think right. it's more important to have. In return, they're like rooting for you to do good too. Yeah. Once they, they see you as like a mom and as like whatever uh, Christian creative or whatever. 
Yeah. Once once they make that connect, then they're cheering for you. They're not they're not waiting to critique in a negative light. It's like, no, I know that she, you know, she has it under control. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, I um a nice little snippet anecdote uh that I think captures what you're talking about is information is knowing what every single tool in like Adobe Illustrator does. Like you've got, you know, all the yeah. hotkeys, you know, like you're up on all the like latest features inside the tool mm-hmm. and experience is using shapes and the pen tool to, uh, you know, make meaningful work for people for the same thing. 20, yeah. 30, 50 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it's less about, you know, how fast is your computer? How shiny is your, your office setup? Like, you know, what, what credentials do you have? And more of like, can you do the work? Show me that you've done the right. work. Damn, yeah. The hot girls here back in the chats. How do they find us? They found my OnlyFans. Oh, oh man, they followed Nick. Oh, great. That's why that, that's why the site was blocked. Oh, that's great too, bro. <laughs> Block user. But I mean, it goes, I mean, this kind of, I think goes a little bit hand in hand of what we were talking about last week with, Joe and Josh too is, um, you know, whether you're creative, I can't remember the exact topic, but basically like whether your creativeness is something you learn or is it something that's, um, established over time. But so, yeah, I think it, yeah, you have to have that experience, but then also it, there's a little bit of that special sauce that's in there that you, you know, learn and get from the information that you've learned throughout the years as well. The sauce made this episode. Let's go. (laughs) Every time I'll always bring it up. I love it. Um, all right. So I don't know if I had a, a, an answer yet in that thing. I did. I have talked three or four times now, but um, yeah, another, <clears throat> another kind of way that I think about this is, is uh, you know, if we're combating the robots and the, the rise of the AI revolution, right? Because, like, frankly, like, it's it's a matter of years before you can go take all of my body of work from Pinterest or Instagram, dump it into a machine, and then it farts out something with your name in my style. Like, that, is, that day is coming, right? And if you, like, today, Friday, January 20th, that feels, at a core level, terrifying, right? Like, why would someone need me? Like, what's the point of learning to do these things is kind of the the the, the response. Um and, and and I do think that like the missing ingredient there is like, okay, but why did you did you make those choices in the process? And you've still got to have like, yes, you can it, you can replicate a look, but you cannot creatively and actively think and in your words, Dustin, be a human in the process. Like that is that is the missing ingredient, not because like there's some innate value to humans. Yes, there is, but uh like like when I walk into a, a a conversation with somebody who needs a logo, like we're evaluating, okay, what do you need to look like? I'm not saying, uh, you know, we need to we need to follow a trend. We need to look like someone else because someone else's thing is going well. We need to like look at like what do you feel like? Like what does what is it like to shake hands with your pastor? What mm-hmm. is it like to be in your best small group? What is it like to, you know, sit in your best worship experience of the year? And let's try and map something onto the best parts of what you're already doing rather mm-hmm. than, you know, like, okay, let's be Elevation Junior or what have you. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, someone in your organization can have that epiphany and that conversation and go through that series of meetings. But a robot cannot do that. A robot can take inputs and make outputs. And I think, Nick, that was one of your original um, 
points on on yeah. the information or one of the things that like brought this up to up to the deal. The thing that's that a lot of some designers have to be afraid of is the one that, well, the designer that has to be afraid of this is going to be the designer that reads a brief and puts out the work in the brief. If you're that level of production, which not a lot of designers are, it's a, it's a very small group. Like there's no fear here because a lot of designers, like as soon as you grow past that operation, you begin to step into what I, what I call like a level two, level three designer, which is you are no longer being hired because you can operate. You're being hired because you're a tastemaker because mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. want to know what it is you like about this design, what you like about what's going on, what you like about what's happening in this mm -hmm. world and how you see the audience and how what you respond to. AI can take what we've already created and recreate right. it. Yeah. What AI cannot do mm -hmm. is create something new that you're experiencing because you had two neurons connect and it just yeah. made this snap in your brain. And all of a sudden, oh, I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. I don't think anything's everything's been done or anything's been done like that. I'm going to try and do that. And then you create this wonderful piece of art, right? Yeah. Or this wonderful creation. So I think people need to understand that, yeah, if I'm a level one designer right now, I might be a little bit afraid. Okay. But mm. a lot of us, we move past that very, very quickly. Yeah. If I'm a level one creative, mm. we move past that very quickly and we be, start to become those tastemakers because we have taste and we have style and we have something to offer our client and our bosses. And we shouldn't be as afraid of AI. What AI is going to probably do is make your life a hell of a lot easier because you're going to be able to create content faster. You're going to be able to get things out faster. You're going to be able to create automations that are going to help you really make what you're doing in the creative space a lot easier and yeah. eventually probably produce a little bit more. So I, I don't think it's just another uh, tool. It's just another tool in your tool. belt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, I'm, it's I, one I, other I, thing I, I guarantee in. you this. I guarantee you this because I, I read a ton about Disney. And one of the things that animators, hand-drawn animators feared more than anything in the world was Pixar. Pixar is mm. going to come and destroy our jobs. Mm. Pixar is going to destroy our craft. You guys watch the recent Pixar movies? They're way better than Snow White ever was. It makes things better. Technology makes things better. It only destroys things in the movies because people want to prey on our fears. Because we're mm -hmm. all afraid that something's going to come and right, just right, right. up yeah. our livelihood. Mm -hmm. But after studying markets for years, what I've learned about people, not much upheaves our livelihood. We take mm -hmm. transitions slowly. We move into things. We grow into things. And the, the concept of AI, there's a lot of theories of what it can do right now. But once you become a practitioner of it, we'll get to really experience what it can do. Yeah. It's yeah. like the same. It's the same concept of like, um, you know, a surgeon who uses a robot to, you know, perform surgery, they're still, you know, it's just excelling what they do and making it more precise, but it's just a tool in their tool belt. They still need somebody to be there with the brains to, to, you know, to run the surgery. Diagnose. Yeah, exactly. They still need the information and the experience there, mm -hmm. but the, you know, the AI or the robot is making it a little bit easier for him to do his job. That's good. Dustin. Um, in the, so you're, you're a team leader and you guys are working like in an agency model mm -hmm. and you've got, you're like cranking out tons of jobs all the time have, and I know y'all have like a, a bunch of processes in place. How do you see, uh, like, you know, put on your imagination. How do you see, uh, AI affecting that, you know, in the next decade, let's say CMS or church media squad wants to like really actively embrace it. Um, mm -hmm. and you'll, you'll have like a huge budget set aside to like, we're going to like 
leverage the machine? Like, yeah, what, yeah. what are some like immediate ways that you can see that working? So I think like a lot of our team prides themselves on being already very efficient. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, keeping what needs to be human, human, everything else that can be automated, like building the artboards, um, mm. using like, whatever the chat auto chat deal is to like do a welcome introduction, do all that stuff. But we actually have, I think eight people on our team out of like 50 or so right now that are in an AI channel and that's what they're doing. Mm. They're trying to leverage um, how do we utilize it in the best way to, you know, to serve the church. That's like at the end of the day, we want to serve the church in that way. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, as far as what he's saying, like I would like to think, even though it's agency work that, the bulk and probably all of our designers are above a level one because we're looking at briefs. Um, and, and what I like to think of with our churches is they're inviting us into their homes and we're learning their rules and we're learning their brand and we just want to make their brand voice louder. So I think as, as far as utilizing the uh, artificial intelligence, it'll be to, to make us more efficient. I don't think it will replace any of the idea like generating or any of that. I mean, we've are, we're already using it for like celestial pieces, and mm-hmm. you know, if somebody wants a series on like Revelation or even like Genesis or, or, or something like first and last, but um, basically just any way that we can utilize it, and like we're trying to healthily see it as a tool in our tool belt, and that's why I kind of said that earlier. Um, yeah, there's people who do it beautifully, but yeah, I think that. The people that are leaning into it on the team, I'm not really one of them. Like, I'm not afraid of it. I think it'll be a useful thing, but I'm not relying on it too hard personally. Um, yeah. But yeah, the people that are in on it, they, you know, they're, they read it, they read about it. They, they're, they're trying to figure out how to make us more efficient so that, you know, churches get what they need at the level they need it to be, but quicker. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, there's kind of a version of this where we all become like little mini art directors. Uh, but yeah. I saw this post the other day and I said, this is this is it. Um, because like what they were able to do is ju- like crank out a bunch of different alternates for Easter mm-hmm. and try stuff on for size without doing like if you were going to go make this in real life. Like so you had, uh, you know, the real arch and the, the, the banner or like even making this in Photoshop. It's going to take a considerable investment just to try these on for size. But it's going to allow us to iterate much, much more quickly. Um, and you think about like traditional style drawing versus mm-hmm. Procreate on an iPad. Uh, you know, like once you once something's done, like you got to go start over to get back to that point. There is no undo, right? I mean, you should mm-hmm. argue an eraser is, but um, like it just allows you to crank through early concepts and bad ideas mm-hmm. more quickly and efficiently to get to some of that gold and free up yeah. more of your life to make a uh, toy story and not snow white in uh in your words nick <laughs> that's interesting i never even thought about it as like the iteration process to use it for that mm-hmm. that's, that's why they pay me the big bucks ashley oh, because yeah. i think of the best ideas <laughs> <laughs> i look on instagram and see other people doing it look at instagram and then oh, talk yeah. to you guys about it <laughs> You only get that kind of stuff here, guys. Ashley, the big bucks, you're just (laughs) here to make the website. Yeah, Yeah, remember Ashley gets the big bucks. (laughs) Josh, not to to fully go there, but um, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, down the road, somebody could look and see all your, like, your body of work 
and create yeah. something like that. Well, I mean, and you know, we don't have to get in the nitty nitty gritty of it, but I feel like there's some copyright that you're going to run into. And I think that's the narrative mm. that a lot of creatives are leaning into. Is that something that you've put any stock into or? That is an excellent point. And I haven't even thought about, uh, good old big brother law and legal system like protecting me because yeah, I mean immediately, especially if you're a, an artist, you built a singular style and it's one thing if some little like pipsqueak like rips you on Instagram and like redoes your stuff, right? They're not mm-hmm. taking work away from you. Uh, but one of our previous guests like Tammy Coker, he has basically invented an art style that he is known mm-hmm. for getting hired by Bacardi and Apple and all these brands to like, Hey, we want your thing. And, you know, if Apple was to just put all his stuff in a generator and crank mm-hmm. out the commercial that they want, like, you know, yes, he is entitled to it's a it's a matter of time before uh, laws are in place that prevent that type of thing. Now, like will intellectual still, property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, will people still like pirate bay it and like hack it for sure. But I think there will be guardrails in place. I think that's going to be what really blows the kneecaps out of this whole thing. Because once we get into like what, who gets the copyright whenever I, like there's some copyright currently on AI work, Mm -hmm. like, and it basically operates as a tier system, right? However much you pay is however much you get to claim that this is yours. Hmm. But that's all, it's what we call theoretical law based in it off of what current laws are and operating that way. But what we're getting into right now is a completely new type of industry, a new type of formation of idea and thought and intellectual property so there will i I think that's probably what's going to hinder probably a lot of growth in ai is who gets to claim the copyright and Mm -hmm. who gets like you know if i create my version of mickey mouse right do i get to claim that and it goes gangbusters it makes billions of dollars do i get to claim that or does the ai get a cut like that stuff Mm -hmm. will have to be sorted out legally because Mm -hmm. ai companies know one thing right now and one thing only and that is it costs a shit ton of money to run AI on these servers and they got to figure out how to make that money. And I think they'll probably be trying to make that money by establishing (laughs) some sort of fee system that gets them a copyright. And whenever they go into that and try to do that, that'll be whenever the law has to step in and say, well, what what, what are our actual legal boundaries here? Well, I think that's where creatives are going to win. And I think creatives have won for a long time is, you know, like somebody like Passion City, like they're big, Mark is we make everything in house, yeah. everything we do, every picture you see, you know, if, if there's an image of a, of a woman with like text over top of her, she goes to their church. You know, it's not just like an unsplashed image. And I think that the more that creatives are able to generate their own images into AI. So like, for instance, that Easter look. So if you, for some reason had a, like a nice landscape shot like that, and you claimed a hundred percent of that, I think that's the people that are going to win not the ones that just download images that searched Google and then put together this like yeah. thing. So, yeah. Um, and, and even if like, let's say in some crazy world, like the government decides we're too busy, we can't worry about AI legalities. Y'all, y'all artists, like we're fighting wars and, and take, doing taxes and stuff. We're like, okay, cool. Fin for ourselves mode. Right. I think it still comes back to, uh, you know, like, yes, can you, okay. I look at my, one of my favorite designers of all time. One of the living legends I talk about a lot, John Contino. Uh, you guys probably remember seeing, uh, like that, uh, sailor inspired, like hand lettering stuff. Let me pull mm-hmm. up on Pinterest here. 
Um, and it was like a like he was one of the guys who was like, hey, what if we drew our logos and what if they weren't perfect and shiny? And this was, you know, 2010 kind of zone mm-hmm. and just rocked everybody's world. They're like, wait, we can draw. We can do that instead right. instead of a computer. And um, so a ton of people came out and like obviously copycatted his stuff. And like he's been ripped mm-hmm. off by clothing brands and all these things. And by the time I get him pulled up, I'm gonna be done talking about this. <laughs> it's delightful. I need a I need a, a a guy in this in the studio like checking the the volumes and yeah. helping me with sound effects. Ashley, okay, where are you okay. at? Where's your sound panel? <laughs> I couldn't run sound panel even if you asked me to. I don't even, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to bring back the sound panel and introduce fart noises into the the topic again. <laughs> just drop a just drop a. Uh, a comment if we need to bring the soundboard back into the the shows. All right, so this is like newer stuff, but like he right. he was big on like this style of thing right here, right? Hmm. And we saw a ton of people doing it, but he is he is graduated. He's like evolving. He's doing new stuff. He's th- he's taking this and then like adding to it now. So and again, kind of comes back to that creative element that mm-hmm. AI will lack at some level. Um, is okay. What does chapter two of this look like? Yeah, like a human has to figure that out. You know, and even if the human yeah, is taking yeah. is sourcing two hundred year old prints to get there, you know, there's still that creative element. And maybe that's the thing is it can't be truly creative. It can't truly right. create art. Like what I heard someone say recently was, sure, AI could write the best episode of Seinfeld, but could AI actually create? Seinfeld mm-hmm. like yeah I can take what has already been established yeah and right. I can make that but can it create something that's true to the human experience that hasn't been logged on the internet and I think there's there's a study out that's like 85% of our information and I might be blowing that statistic out of my butt but 85% of our human information is not on the internet mm. like we just have 15% of it most of it's oh, still wow. trapped mm-hmm. in library books and yeah. nobody goes to the library. So that's where, so creatives, yeah. if you're looking for great ideas, just go to the library. Um, <laughs> no, no one's going there. Uh, so like it only can take what it knows, right? And replicate that. Yeah. And again, I know it's a lot more complex than that. And there's probably some AI tech person listening like, no, it can do all these <laughs> sub features. The robot's ah, father. We yeah, <laughs> yeah, the robot's father. My boy is so great. You know, yeah. My smart boy. He's so smart. <laughs> Pinocchio, I think show them. <laughs> um, yeah. Gosh, I love that quote. <laughs> we don't cite sources and fudge to this. It's close. It sounds good. <laughs> it's like eighty um, percent of the you know just like random <laughs> throw yeah, it out there. Funny. Um, I mean, I think it's only twenty percent. I've I've completely blown the statistic. I'm, I'm I am not going to sit here and tell you all that I'm great at statistics. So don't don't believe that for a second. Sixty <laughs> percent of the time, you're full of it. Yeah, eighty like percent of the time, ninety percent of the time, I have no idea what statistic I'm pulling. And twenty percent he's cussing. So this yeah. episode's just <laughs> just. Gone. I, I, like, I like to cuss to get rid of the religious followers. You know, remind them who I am. <laughs> they all just thanks drop for, on. Yeah, thanks drop for uh, culling our herd, Nick. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. I mean, no I'm, one's surprised. I would cuss <laughs> no. that, that's that's been a thing that we've kind of decided behind this, the 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 scenes here. It's like we're not going to uh, censor our guests. We're going to have people who may or may not be believers, or may say things you disagree with, or may be just absolutely wrong about something, but. 
if you were having coffee with them, if you're having lunch with them, would you ask them to leave? Would you tell them you can't talk anymore at this lunch setting? Like, no, you wouldn't do that. Like it's, it, this is a, a platform where we talk and we share and we have our thoughts. And I'm basically like laying bricks for uh guests that we have planned for future episodes. This is not uh padding Nick's erroneous behavior 100% on this episode. Padding my advanced vocabulary. Yeah. Like the viewer rate has dropped every time. Um, <laughs> We're actually, actually Dustin good Cooper. With the live, with the Dustin live Cooper video. asked me before. He's like, "Are you going to cuss?" And I said, "I didn't ask him the cussing policy." And to be totally <laughs> frank, no I don't. I don't fucking way. care. Like I'm, no. I just want to do it. I just see what happens. So <sighs> I, I love I that. Could, we didn't, we, talk, no, we didn't yeah. have prep time. No one told me what the rules were. I don't know. There's no rules. It's Outback no Steakhouse, rules. baby. No rules. Man, I, would, right. I was I so proud to show my daughter this episode but i guess i can't now <laughs> <laughs> she's two years old she won't get it anyway she's we'll eight. have you back dustin i'll we'll get you oh, back it's not allowed next time i'm joking i'm joking i love yeah. it um, i was gonna i was gonna say back like talking about the ai thing the way i kind of think of it as like us as creatives i think of us as almost like we're chefs or like a cook like we grab all our ingredients we kind of make make our thing like so for me, for instance, like say I'm making like a, a, a shirt design, like I'll, I'll, I'll say exa- literally an example of yesterday. I was making a shirt design for a pokey uh, restaurant and their whole thing is they're a Latin Asian fusion, you know, restaurant. So I was like, OK, so how could I combine Asian Latin pokey? I was thinking like a like a chili because it's here in New Mexico mm-hmm. and fish like a, a fish. So then my thought like. For me to take all those elements, I take a picture of a, a fish as a reference when I draw it. So I'm grabbing that Google image, looking at a tuna fish, grabbing an image of a chili, using that as a reference as I draw, combining those together, you know, slicing up the fish, making it a thing. So there's so many like elements that go into it, plus the creative juice and my experience and my information I've learned throughout the year. So it's almost like, how can you replicate that mm-hmm. with an AI? Right, because you, you have like the client... A, that's what I was saying about taste making earlier. I, a client's not going to know to enter all that into AI. It's not, probably not going to think about it. Most yeah. most clients, you know, they're going to be money driven, budget driven. Not a lot of clients are really creative driven. That's why they're hiring you. Um, and so mm-hmm. they're not going to think, oh, let's put, let's make a tuna chili. And um, that sounds awful, but yeah, <laughs> tuna chili, it is. Yeah. They're not going to think to put all that stuff together. That's what right. hiring a tastemaker means. Yeah. Again, the people who have to be afraid are those level one designers who are just grabbing that brief, mm-hmm. being hired to put something up. Yeah, that's yeah. Th- that job's probably going to go away. There is though, interesting thought process behind that job going away, which my friend and I were talking about yesterday, and that is a lot of starting creatives. That's the job they have is to take the brief, design it. Like that's mm-hmm. how you get better to do what you do. Yeah. If we remove that from the market, if we remove that from the creative process of growing into being a creative, yeah. what does that do to the creative industry 10 years from now? Mm. Right? Like, do we, do we crush a lot of creatives dreams? Because it, it takes time to really become a tastemaker. It takes well, practice you're, to develop you're crushing, that. You're crushing the experience. Um, right. You're crushing that experience. Yeah. You just got a whole yeah. bunch of information. People mm-hmm. disagree. You disagree. I disagree. And as much as Grandpa Josh, who has gone and done crappy work that I don't want to do because you got to put in the reps and build the 80 banner ads at different sizes, that's boring work. Like, and I want to say, like, you young whippersnappers got to do that same thing. Hmm. I think what's going to happen is they're going to say, yeah, yeah, no, like Nancy the robot does that. 
uh, what we need you to do, Karen, or whatever the intern's name is. It's like, I want you to come back to me with 15 ideas. Mm. I want you to practice creating at a rudimentary level. Like then your, your department then becomes a whole bunch of people doing what they probably should be doing now. And like creatively thinking and practicing being a human practicing, you know, adding that. Let me ask you this, Grandpa Josh, though. (laughs) At what point in your career did you learn to ask those questions? Was it the first day you came to the job? No, but I think what we're what we're talking about here See, is now. Whenever I talk about doing the shit work, I'm not talking about five years doing the shit work. I'm talking about just those first six months of being a creative. You learn a lot in those first six months being that creative brief producer guy. And I think every creative has to go through that in order to deal with people, clients, and know what questions to ask. So you don't think you can just bypass that season of the grunt work? I think you can. I think you're gonna fall on your face. Mm. I've seen too many people fall on their face. To know that that's not going to be how it operates. So in, in that instance, so I wonder with, if you would have a mentor. You know what I'm saying? That you were. Yeah, that would be that would be the solution. If we're removing, if we're removing that aspect, a lot of designers though are self-trained. What it now requires for us older creatives to do is actually turn around and train and mentor and be open to mentoring yeah, yeah, yeah. these young people. I don't know if any of you guys had mentors. I certainly did. I did. No. You okay? So Josh is the only one. See, this is this again. You're That's filtering things through your foundation, <laughs> but three of us here didn't have a mentor, didn't have someone to guide us in this process. Mm-hmm. We had to learn everything on our own, so we had to have that shit work. Mm-hmm. To you be had fair, left-handed, you wouldn't have to deal with this stuff. Like, right. you yeah, just no. If I was only a cool mom, yeah, I wouldn't right. have to deal with this. Exactly. No. To be fair, though, I've grown a ton with yeah. the like squad I'm with now. So like, I think. To some level, having what one point like eight to ten, now fifty creatives being yep. in my circle, like I don't know if it's fair to say I didn't have a mentor, but mm-hmm. to land that job, I definitely did not have a mentor. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't know if that changes anything, but that's that's kind of where I was at. Constant growth, yeah, and and growing into the things that you're doing is always required, no matter what job you get, mm-hmm. no matter who you are as a creative. It's always going to be about constant growth. This is why you will have to do this to beat AI. However, yeah. I do think Stay that hungry, baby. getting yes. rid of the grunt work, maybe not for people like Josh, who had a mentor, who had backing, who had someone to teach him what he maybe had a structure to do this. Yeah. Maybe not people like Josh, but for the third, the mm-hmm. 75% of us who do have to grow on our own, learn our own, removing that crap work does take away something. And that takes away right. 75% of the industry. That statistic was correct. So good job. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that, was, that was math based on dividing <laughs> yeah. one out of four. Right. <laughs> it's, it's what we call straw man poll in statistics. Um, I love that he paused, though. He was like, I was like three <laughs> out of four. And I was like, that's 75. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. And Snow White still sucks. <laughs> we'll teach you math. We'll teach you math. <laughs> All right, no, for what real. Let's 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 let's. I'm I'm down to have this conversation. We're doing we're doing your 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 dream here, Nick. We're 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 wrestling in the comments section uh, because I still I want can't to, see the comments section. Am I supposed to? Be I'm able talking. To see to, that? I'm saying proverbially, and yeah, you should oh, be okay. able to see the comments. There, people have <laughs> been popping off over here. No, so I let's put this in practical stuff. We've been talking like theory and stuff. Let's mm-hmm. say, you know, I want to become. I, I see people entering the creative space. It's twenty. Uh, 38 robots are doing a lot of the grunt work, right? Yeah. I want to have a job. I want to like 
work at uh, Silverstein and like be on the creative director board that they have where they're whipping the robots and they're cranking out stuff. Right. Um, that's my dream. What, how do I bridge that gap? And you're saying the only way to get there is by me opening Photoshop and doing a bunch of bad work and building things out um, to get there. And the robots are doing all of that now. The only way to get there will be to do that era's version of shit work. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And I okay. think what, what that is. What our era's version AI. of shit work was, was getting the brief and designing it. Okay. Mm. What, what 2038's version of shit work looks like. We don't know. We don't know it how this is going to change. could be putting your keywords in and doing AI. Yes, shitwork. it could be typing and out and producing AI artwork. This, this is what, what I'm saying. <laughs> I have a thought I need to get out before <laughs> you react it. to it. Let me let me at least lay my lay my thing down. So I'm that guy, like trying mm-hmm. to get in, right? And so I have maybe gone to some sort of formal education where I learn the tools, or maybe I'm do like we do today and like get on YouTube to learn the tools. I know how to open Photoshop. Like I got that part down. Then I do something that I literally did that nobody told me to. I was like, oh, Photoshop's great. I can put like this army soldier on the back of the pterodactyl. I've like made some like random, like dumb, silly things in Photoshop. I was playing. I was having fun. I was like, and that is still putting in reps just because nobody's like paying you for it and you're having fun doesn't mean it can't be part of that natural process. Sure. Uh, and then you pair that with, all right, you know, knock on the door of the big agency. I would like a mm-hmm. job. They're like, cool. We have a horrible internship for you. We'll pay you $4 an hour. Um, you get to wipe down the, the robots. And uh, also we need you to crank out 200 ideas a week for us. And so you're trading, hey, go build out the elements from a campaign and doing the back end of the work that the robots mm-hmm. now do. And instead you're presenting a bunch of terrible ideas to the conversation so that there's one good one. Like you see this happen in like in Nashville mm-hmm. and with TV shows where a bunch of songwriters are just like hammering out songs and then they get that stuff. one that's gold, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so like we are all training to become the creative director that has the eye, that has the taste, that calls the shots, that decides what the winning campaign or brief is. But in the meantime, you're literally practicing the reps to do that. In our current system, you could stay stuck in level one because we got to have somebody to build it out. Mm-hmm. And so you have to force yourself to get to level two. You have to say, I want to sit in that chair. I want to be a creative director, not a designer. And instead, we're all going to be on a more similar path. And that path is going to mm-hmm. be exploration, creativity, ideation, which is way more fun and way more fulfilling. And right. I think that's where you're going to have that catapult of Pixar or uh, Snow White to Toy mm-hmm. Story of like, Nat, like if we if we're pulling from. 6,000 ideas for our Easter sermon series. Don't you think that's going to be better than the two comps we got from our designer? Yeah. Well, and I think what we've been talking about, like the missing ingredient is passion. So it's like, I think about, um, it is the sauce, but I think about it. Like uh, if you, if you just scroll through my Instagram and stuff, like, I mean, I'm creating eight hours a day and I only share one time a week. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm not really, I don't really live for that, but, um, but like the passions there, like I'll be driving and hear a song like from, you know, whatever Christian artist and literally be like, once I get home, I don't care what's going on. Like I have to put this on my computer just cause like mm-hmm. I get, you know, ideas and thoughts. And I think right, that, yeah. I think that won't go away though, even in the future is like the creatives having a deep passion to just make things. Mm-hmm. So like whether or not you're again, showcasing it or not, I think that the driving factor is still going to be like passion. And I yeah. think that's why a lot of people have left careers that they used to do 
and now do this because it's it's something that was literally like you just couldn't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Got yeah. the got the bug. Yeah, it's just, right. yeah, I always say this all the time, but I'll say it again is like we were created by a creator and mm-hmm. AI necessarily wasn't. So we have that, you know, maybe it's a gene or whatever you want to call it. Like it's in our, it's in our DNA to want to create things. Like it's, it's in our, you know, again, the sauce, the heart, the passion, like that's always going to be there. And that might not be found with AI because, you know. Yeah. Could, could AI be inspired the way we are? Yeah. I don't like just by walking that. outside and seeing like a nice gradient sunset. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? But I don't think so. If it's like Wally, then yes, because Wally <laughs> definitely has a soul and Wally's going to heaven. Uh, Nick, so I I'd like talk got really loud and then like dropped the mic. But I, I truly am like, asking, like, do you see a flaw in the world that I just described? Like, does that? No, but I would say I, I stand over? by the fact that we're talking about the same thing. No matter what, every beginner level designer is always going to have to go through a phase where they're learning the process of doing this. For instance, yeah. what just, you said, oh, you're just going to be in a room pumping out 2,000 ideas. That's shit work because mm-hmm. we oh, what yeah. we need well, is what we need is still experience. Yeah, we need you to pr- present 10 good ideas, not 100 bad ideas. Mm-hmm. So that's still yeah. the experience that we're growing into. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, and I yeah, if you're saying there will always be work that no one wants to do, yes. If you're saying we're going to have a a a, a gap or like a chasm or like a dip of like a generation of people that can't get into the industry because of circumstances, I don't know if I agree with that, but I do think we're we can't the the creative industry can't keep growing at its current clip. Like at some point, the market's going to get saturated. We're going to say, cool, we've got enough creators. Enough mm-hmm. people shooting video now. Thank you. We're done. Uh, we're, think, we're not there is, yet, but it this could is happen. what oh, I think we are there. I think we're definitely there. We're getting there. Really? Um, very close. Yeah. I mean, just look at what's happening. I mean, you got TikTok that completely revamped. Everybody's a designer. Everybody's a creative. I mean, everybody's creating content on their own. Like they're learning how to do this. Eventually, what you're going to have is people who started their own business. They learn how to make their own videos. They learn how to make their own YouTubes. They learn how to make their own designs because it was a necessity. So they'll yeah. just they'll just keep doing it themselves because it's easier, cheaper, and better for them, and they don't have to become a five hundred person company or a ten person company to yeah. keep doing what they're doing. They can just be that solo creator. So I think there is already a chasm happening that we're not noticing. I think what AI is going to do is going to wash away probably a lot more beginner level creators. And what you were talking about earlier with like that Easter design, like oh AI can generate this, but then I come in and tweak it. Right. You eliminate a person who can tweak it. 20 years from now because they never uh, put in the reps to learn Photoshop to begin with. They might know that Photoshop exists. They might know that all these tools exist, but they don't know how to tweak something. They only know how to generate the AI. And mm-hmm. that's how the industry will completely change into something completely brand new that mm-hmm. we won't even know how to describe right now. Like, and this is all theory. This is all guessing. So we right. don't know what. So we've got another parallel here from like literal graphic design. And I would love to yeah. kind of hear, do you feel like we lost something uh, from the days when they would literally like cut out from like do collage style artwork? Like Absolutely. When they're cutting stuff out? And this whole how this whole drawing prompt thing, we're about to see it. Yeah, because none of us. Uh, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I know Actually. how to design. <laughs> I don't know how to draw. Yeah. So okay. in a way, I lost. Well, something. I, lost I wonder if skill. we. We now, kind of lost. The, it's not marketable. Yeah. It's not extremely marketable to have that skill right now, which is fine. But I, feel, I don't have it. 
I feel like in in an essence we like lost the wonder yeah. of the design. Um, and I think like you look at Aaron, somebody like Aaron Draplin who like goes and still is physically getting items and like his fonts mm. are being developed by him studying old signage and stuff. And I still, and I'm sure you guys are the same, but I still get so inspired just like going downtown and seeing like brick yeah. buildings with like washed out font because literally yeah. seasons and seasons of somebody who like painted it and it looked beautiful. So I think there's a little bit of like wonder that's missing. Because um, you can get on and get like a tape texture from like shout out the DNG or JBC. All these guys have their own things, and we love you. Know, you. You're part of the problem. Right. Shout out, right? Promo code. <laughs> right, but in two minutes you can grab a film strip pack and take your design from like a level one and uh, designer to beyond that. Because you know, but again, you have to know how to blend the textures and make it make sense for the art. But what I'm saying is, I think some of the wonder is gone because some of the effort has been done for us. And you think like when we look at the context of like Josh, just as example, like a few years ago, he went through the shitwork process of learning how to draw design logos, right? Like have that rough hand, hand drawn John Cantino. What was his name? John Cantino. Yeah, yeah. Have those kind of style logos. He went through the process of learning how to do that. And right? I'm still bad at it. Like the you're, real but, boys but you're getting a lot do it. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. You add, you're getting a lot better. You're, what you add though, to the creative industry is an expression of a logo, a graphic, a company that I'm never going to be able to create because I didn't mm -hmm. learn how to draw. I didn't yeah. convince myself that I drawing was yeah. necessary. Mm -hmm. So when we lose creative skills, whether it's to AI or because of technology advances, when we do lose creative skills, there's always, like you said, wonder something is going to be lost. And so I do know that 20 years from now, something will be lost. Will it be marketable and matter? Maybe not. Probably not. Yeah. But it'll be that one kid who's like, oh, I'm going back to my roots. I'm going to be Photoshop master. You know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to I'm doing the old school way. Adobe well, Photoshop think, CS, you know, I like think, that. I kid. think it's going to be like, you know, we've seen probably I mean, I'm not a photographer, but I'm, I think they've seen that kind of trend even yep. with like going back to film. Right. More or even like we see it like in fashion. Right. Right now, everything is just going to be more like 90s, boutique. Like, yeah. yeah, like in, you know, once AI has experienced its peak, everyone's going to be like, well, we want that classic feel again. Let's right. go back to the way it was. And it's going to it's going to repeat itself. That's what, you know, history always does. And I think it'll kind of do the same thing in, in the creative industry. And missing the authentic, I think, is kind of a, mm -hmm. a good way to put it. And yeah. I think there will be a way to find a job as a creative, no matter whether you embrace AI completely or you're you're doing things the old ways of Photoshop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. creative cloud um <laughs> where yeah. you're like oh I'm, I'm i'm going to design everything on photoshop mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm a i'm a i'm a uh a boutique designer i use creative suite three i use no, cds no. to make your your paint. digital arts okay. i had to bring in this like you know how people are getting like into vintage video games and they're buying the old crts yeah, yeah. they're like coming in and you know they got like the monitor stuff you got like an old school mac you know like the ones with the, like the, the colored uh colored I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Macs with the, yeah and like it. your photos on your websites are like you're sitting there like this and in front of the screen and it's doing <laughs> the little line it. thing you know because film can't <laughs> capture the lines properly back then so it's doing that thing and you're like i'm a classically trained designer classically you know. trained classic i'm cl <laughs> there it is right hey. there there it is hey you know, does that thing still turn on no i don't no have a charger show. for it so i need to get a charger but does it have a cd drive what happened to it um knows what i had this when holds. i was 10 years old so it probably broke at some point but it's so cool 
It like runs off of a car battery. It literally, I don't even know. <laughs> you gotta hook it up. For real, I I don't have a I don't even know if they make this kind of charger anymore. I have to go to a thrift shop or something. You turn it on and it goes. The whole room goes. <laughs> My house just explodes. Yeah. The lights dim a little bit. Every <laughs> LED lights like flickering. You're like, what is going on? And the thing stops up. Yeah. That whole Mac sound. <laughs> I suddenly realize how little I've been designing time wise because I'm like, what is that? Thing? <laughs> no, that's probably an age thing. If you don't know what it is, it's an age thing. No, Justin, I, I how long have you been doing this? Uh, since 2016. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, doing it well 2019 when did you get point. saved versus when did you really get saved like that's the, so the I got conversation at six at can i just camp, be clear then... though can i yeah. just be clear this this mac shell i didn't design on this this was mine when i was 10 i'm not that old. Uh, okay no no no, I know, I know. i'd be like uh, I, I just believe that you were designing on <laughs> no COVID, like you were home. to be fair though cool. this is a second career for me i started off in like physical therapy and then there's a whole big long story. I want to, now I want to say this to Dustin's point here, because um, I've been designing since 2011. Okay, and this was something I wanted to add early. This is we're going to take it all the way back to when we're talking about experience and information. No, thank God. Um, yeah, <laughs> back on topic here. They really got. You. See, I told you all I would take control of this podcast eventually. Um, he didn't bring it back to that. Somebody mute uh, this guy. I think experience. This is one thing that really is important about experience that we need to note is quality time versus quantity of quantity time. Mm-hmm. Like I've been designing for 12 years. Mm. I'm nowhere near as good as Dustin. He's been designing for four years, five years. I don't know how to do yep. math, but you know, he's been designing half the time I've been designing. Mm. He's a far better designer because he's spent quality time doing that. And that's one thing we got to learn about experience. Like just because you've been in this industry for 15 years, doesn't mean a lick to anybody. Preach. Yeah, I, that that's something that I always want to ha- like conversations that I want to handle with kid gloves is the uh, prickly frustrated uh, person who has been doing this for 20 years and mm-hmm. sees their job eroding and the uh, creative direction going to younger people. Mm. And, you know, like some people are pushing and I think I've talked about this other times, like some people get on the bike and they push every day of their career for 60 Mm -hmm. years and nobody can catch them because they didn't stop. Right. And what's not on display though, is the grind of it. So like I literally spent the entire pandemic in illustrator because I didn't feel like I was skilled enough in illustrator for, cause you know, I started making more apparel stuff and I was like, no, I want it to be like genuinely like top tier, like fashion quality. And uh, so I think that's something I'm not like, pat myself or anyone but it's like a lot of what's not on display is like late 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 nights that creatives like i yeah. said and just like yeah i remember back in 2015 i was working with church plant and that's how i kind of got started i was just like that doesn't look good i don't know how to make it better but i'm gonna know how and that that's kind of where the journey started and then i feel like i got better and better but yeah so i think to the people that are a little bit salty who are just on like Obviously, we don't want to not rest, but the people who are just literally doing bare minimum to be a creative, mm. yeah, like, and they, don't, a quote, they're not, they don't have that grind. There's a quote that all of them like to use, too, because I've seen them before on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those. They all say the same thing, which is like, my 10 years of experience trumps your 15 seconds in Google. Um, mm. Again, that's what I'm addressing here is 
if you weren't quality developing 10 years of experience, I, actually, sometimes my 15 seconds of Google does trump your 10 years of experience, right? Mm. Also, yeah. I do want to argue with Zeke once we... Yeah, I was about to pull that yeah. off. <laughs> he says quality is in the eye of the beholder, and he softens it or hedges with a, a oh, lull at the end. Um, I'm going to say... Zeke's my no boy. Go easy on him. I love Z. He's he's been on on what level? No, no, no. So here's what I'll say about that. True, absolutely. Quality is in the eye of the buyer. One hundred percent. He said. Beholder. However, how, be, yeah, buyer. I'm almost <laughs> say buyer. The person who's buying the artwork. The consumer. Okay, that is no, that is one hundred percent true. It is. It is true in that regard. Mm. However, it's not in the eye of the expert. Boom. Okay, Clip quality it. is in the eye of the buyer, <laughs> one not in the 12. eye of the expert. Yeah. And I have a different style than all these guys here. I have a different style than my wife. Okay. And you're wrong for it. And I'm wrong for the style that I have. <laughs> and okay? your mom still loves you. I can you. sit here and say, well, this, <laughs> this coffee mug is the aesthetic of the future. Okay. But I only sell one coffee mug that is the aesthetic mm. of the future. Right. Then... Obviously, this wasn't a quality coffee mug. It was just mm. something I liked. So, yeah. yes, that is true. Yeah. Quality is in the eye of the holder, the buyer, whatever you want to say. But it's not in the eye of the expert. And what you need is a lot of experts defining quality. Yeah. All right. Man, what a great tee up for uh, something Josh just mentioned mm. here in the chat. Would love to hear all of you define quality time. And uh, if y'all want to get real, real deep in the weeds on defining capital Q quality, go read a book called uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. That puppy mm-hmm. is deep, heavy, insane, and will it, it, they spend a lot of time unpacking quality, and it's fascinating. Uh, qual- so we're, let's don't do what is quality, what's not. That feels massive and we're trying to land the plane on this episode but i would love to do one last round robin and talk about like what do you mean when you say quality time like you know what does it mean to be on cruise control versus going somewhere and Mm. having a paul rand-esque career yeah Mm -hmm. well for me i think uh quality time like as far as creative like for me personally i think quality time is literally creating for the passion of it and for the love of it, because Mm -hmm. that's when like me personally, or I think creatives in general make the best work because there's no parameters. There's, you're just creating for fun. You're creating because you love it. Um, and you can try new things and experience new things as far as creative, um, you know, juices flowing and stuff. So I think quality time is literally just cranking out work for the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that's a technical. It, once you get technical about things and you're just being very prescriptive with your design, you're not really exploring anything. You're like, okay, well, I got to design a book. Here's a book I design. Like that's whenever you start to get into the autopilot, the auto control. And I'll say this though about it. <laughs> I don't know that every season has to be development season for creatives. And mm-hmm. I might've said it earlier in a way that made me think that, but now that I'm thinking about it, there is times in our career careers that we're going to be on autopilot just because of life happening, things going on, new, you know, new adventures we're going on. Maybe we're adopting foster kids like Dustin. Survival mode is what we call that, baby. Right. Idle mode. You just go into this phase. It's not it's not a bad thing to not mm-hmm. be pushing for quality all the time or I've always got to be searching for quality. But I think there will be seasons of that idleness. Mm. 
But there also should be that should be accompanied by seasons of growth, of seasons mm-hmm. of change, of seasons of learning emerging technology, of seasons of really diving into what it is that you're doing, your passion, and refining what makes that passion that yeah. you have. Hmm. That's good. Uh, yeah. And I think to echo your point on uh, like seasons, like, yeah, absolutely. Like it, the, it, we're not saying, at least I'm not saying the path to, to victory is uh, don't rest and like push yourself to the limits six days a week forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but I think like I definitely spent eight years of my career showing up, doing the job, learning things by proxy. And just because I was like kind of putting in the reps, but the significant growth happened uh, when I was being more intentional about stuff. And so if you're looking over the course of, I I was trying to think of like an appropriate amount of time, but like even a year. And you said, the stuff I'm making now is similar to what I was making a year ago. Then I would say you need to evaluate like what you're doing a bit, right? Mm -hmm. If if your plan is to grow, Um, And if you can't see a difference in that, like there's room in a year to have, hey, we're going to go vacation in the summer or like the kids are home. We're going to treat that differently. Or we, hey, we know we're having a new baby or I don't know why all my things are kid related. I'm a dad, whatever. But like you're going to have life related. I don't have kids. So I don't know. (laughs) I think it's just Dustin. He made us this way. (laughs) You're going to have life stuff happening and you need to account Mm -hmm. for that. And we're not all like, you know, work robots. But There's 12 months in a year, baby. You need yeah. to have mm-hmm. learned something. You need to have had some kind of like growth in that. Mm. Yeah, I've yeah. got more I want to share, but Dustin, it is actually your turn. So I don't want to keep keep rolling. I just expect it at this point. But um, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm playing. But uh, no, it, you almost, the word that I had was just intentionality. I think um, to be done with excellence is to be done with intention. And I think that especially when you're talking about quality, if I, you know, you think about when you do quality work, your your phone's silenced. You don't, you know, Slack me to, uh, notifications are muted. You've got your favorite music or podcast on, and you're intentionally spending time developing your craft. So I think that that's, mm-hmm. I mean, intentionality. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Intentionality. It's just it's where you're focused. And like to Ashley's point, I don't think that that means that it's like you're not exploring and having fun and stuff. Yeah, but I do think I do my best work when I set myself up with, with intention to, to be in a quiet space and do all that. So I don't know if that really ties in, but yeah, for, I think for me, for quality, it's intentionality. Mm-hmm. That's good. It, it definitely is. That That's a, a the, probably the simplest and, and most helpful way to categorize that. Like, am I, am I pushing? Am I thinking? Am I actively being a human uh, in this, in this process, or am I just checking off a box and like doing the steps that are, that are uh, possible to make? I don't know if this is going to be mirrored or not. Can y'all read that? Is it backwards? It's mirrored. It's backwards. That is 100%. Perfect. All right. So basically somebody <laughs> framed again, not going to cite the source and butcher the quote as, as is common practice here on making a mark. Uh, but somebody said like that sweet spot where, where you get in the zone and like you're, you're, you're growing and, and doing the things we're talking about quality time, if you will. It happens when you find that tension between, Hey, I absolutely know how to do everything over here. This is easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is impossible. And this is a talent gap that I haven't like mastered yet, but there's always a little, little gap right here where like, it's a challenge to get to that next step. Yeah. And I don't know quite know if I can get there, but I know what the next step is. Yeah. And like doing the work in there, 
hang out there. And then that little line will keep moving to the yeah. right and you'll keep growing yeah, around and you will have a freaking blast hanging out mm. in that zone. It's like enough of a challenge yeah. to get you like, you know, when you're working out in the, in the gym, I know it's a bunch of design nerds listen to this and it probably, maybe this is a bad example, but like you don't want to go like, all right, let me make a huge leap. You want to just go one more rep call back to episode yeah. with, mm-hmm. uh, well, can I, with our boy. Can I give a, an actual real life example of what you just said? Like I'm literally experiencing that right now with a project I'm working on. So I'll, I'll just tell you about the project. So obviously I've illustrated like hundreds and hundreds of things throughout the years. Right. But I'm working on illustrating a children's book right now for a client. Mm-hmm. And the, the element that's like you said, I have the foundation of illustrating. I know how to do that. I know the end goal. I can kind of see it, but the, mm-hmm the little growth area I'm having right now is illustrating care one character doing multiple things. Right. Cause I normally illustrate mm. a face or I illustrate whatever, like I illustrate it as a still frame versus illustrating a little girl playing on a swing set versus her, you know, eating breakfast or whatever. So it's the same character, but like changing it. So by yeah. me doing this, it is, it's, it gives me bubble guts to be, to be honest, cause it's a little bit makes me nervous working on it. Cause I'm not used to it, but it's also pushing my craft farther with more experience because I'm learning a new skill based That's on That's so good. Uh, no, that is good. And and what you didn't do is you didn't go like someone says, Hey, I want a children's book. And you're like, I've only ever done photo manipulation, but that's a computer thing. Yeah, I can do that. And like, you're jumping, making a huge leap, right? Like you, you didn't do that. You said, okay, I've done this. And like, there's the next logical step. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that's, that's, that's the fun place, man. Like it's, it's, it's hard, but achievable. Yeah. I can, I think is the, mm-hmm. is the, the thing you want to keep an eye on for that. For sure. Guys, this has been a blast. Uh, We've got one last thing to do here in the episode today. Um, We've got a wonderful drawing prompt. So we're going to get your Sharpie out. And uh, in the namesake of the show, we're going to make a mark. And so you know what we're drawing? Did you have the idea? I do. I asked somebody earlier in the chats. Okay, I was going to say a cool idea, but we'll do theirs. Nope, you were not going (laughs) to. Jazz said, draw a personification of AI. So, we got sixty seconds. Hey, wait we we my- we bypassed the uh, how it's made section. Just yeah, saying. yeah. And I, I want to apologize. <laughs> I want to do that. What is that I, one? I derailed you, Josh, but I just didn't want to cut off Dustin's intro, so that was my you bad. Derailed so. it, and then we never re-railed. Yeah. But now that Dustin said it. that, what is that? It's where we ask you how you made something, and that's the wrong screen. Dude, 60 second round robin, how it's made. Ready, go. I'm going to say AI on no matter what it is. <laughs> we'll see the Nick's thing. like, I hired somebody I to make this. <laughs> Nick's is more going to be like, it's a conversation. So it's not really like how he made it, not oh how he gosh. made the graphic, but the conversation <laughs> of what he wrote in the graphic. Oh, oh you guys want to know my creative process. No one is exempt. We're going with Dustin first. AI. What's the piece we're examining yeah, right there, today? The, the uh, put your boots on. And, and podcast listeners, I, if you want to follow along, visit uh, Instagram.com. He's at Dustin123 three underscores <laughs> Harper. <laughs> I just, I chose this one on. because um, I, I just really liked it. And buy a hat. No, and cool. I want to buy one. For sure. Um, so actually, it's a, I mean, you can see 
like, I don't want to give away details, but we partner with Redemption Church. That's a phrase that they use often there in Beaumont, Texas. So he was like, think Western, think like cowboy, think horse. So I was like, I'm just going to think all those things. <laughs> and then, I, yeah. So I put it on that. And then, um, you know, just the typical like art font look and just tried yeah. to make it look Western so that his, cool. I don't know. I, I think a big thing for me is like, I just want church attendees to want to wear what we send them. And yep. if they're not going mm-hmm. to, if it's just going to hang in their closet or be put in, you know, whatever, yeah. then I'm not going to send it. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. So I just yeah. want to make, I want to make like apparel or merch or whatever that's wearable. So like the nitty gritty of actually how you made it. And I know this is extending our episode, Josh. So I how dare you. But the nitty gritty of how you made it. So like that actual image of the cowboy and the the horse. Is that like a stock image that you. So I pieced I pieced uh, parts of it together. I used Shutterstock as the base. Um, That's where I got the cowboy horse. And then I um, grabbed the cactus and then I put the yellow circle behind him. Just to to add depth to it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's just like, like I said, like you, you know, you're being a chef, you grab these elements, these tools that you're, you know, you use, put it together and, you know, make something cool. Yeah. I really wish I hand drew that, but I didn't. So (laughs) I'll be honest. (laughs) No. Yeah. It's real nice. Got it at Target. Nick, it's your turn. What's uh, which one um, did you pick? I did the, what type of creator are you? Cause I thought, cause the other day when I, when I read that, I was like, dang, that like really hit me. Oh, okay. Dang. We got to go through all of it real quick, fast. Oh, boy. Yeah, see, we don't have to go through it. I designed that with Photoshop. Um, took but I just, I was more so long. like talking about the content of it. Like, I thought it was really interesting. So, how, how I did this is I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody come up with archetypes for like what kind of creators you are, even though there are archetypes that exist. And so I was like, well, that's something that's, kind of unique is like what is the archetype of the like the three groupings of creators and there's really yeah. only three yeah um there's the go back to the first slide <laughs> remember i spent eight hours I writing it everything and I that i write like everything that's been written has been forgotten uh, i don't keep anything so entertainer motivator teacher yeah we know that these just from studying social media we know that these are the three categories mm-hmm. of creator we know that this is the type of content that is created um however we I don't think I've ever seen anyone associate them with actual real life people. So that's kind of where this came from. Mm. It started off with everything that I do starts off like way too long, way too explanatory, way too much because I've been a writer for 15 years and it gets stripped down. The editing process for a lot of my content takes longer than the writing process because I can spit out whatever, but it takes so long to actually strip it down and get it. And to Dustin's point, I actually, I actually did do this myself. I've been doing all my sliders myself this year. So oh, I love go. that. Yeah, love so that. I did it. I, I still have design chops. You know. No, I know you bit. do. Sorry, yeah. I called you out. On that. Wow, that was really offensive, Dustin. <laughs> I just I thought it was. I just thought the actual content was super in like interesting as far as the different mm-hmm. types of creators because I like me personally. I think I can relate to all of them, and it actually kind of made me think of a second. Like, what am I? Like, I don't know. Like, which and that's the thing about it everyone will leverage a different type of content piece on their feeds. Like, especially if you're an authentic self brand, mm. you're going to leverage entertainment. You're going to leverage motivation. Yeah. It's for, it really comes down to just what you're doing 
on a consistent basis. Like for me, consistently mm. I'm educating, even mm. though I do throw in entertainment posts and educational posts. I consistently right. my, my role is entertainment. Sure. Nick, you know all three of us pretty darn well. I want you to to assess yeah. us to give us the Enneagram number. Like to give the Enneagram number. So I yeah. would say all three of you are entertainers. And the reason why you all three fall in this category is because you're showcasing your work. You're not doing mm-hmm. it in a way to really inspire people with your work. You're doing it in I'm a way. I'm not trying to, to help you get here. Just not trying to, trying to keep <laughs> one up. And that's okay, look though. Look at me. <laughs> because you're, 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 a lot of people pull away from, this is where this is where you're probably one of two. Your, your wing would be inspirational or motivator, right? Because you're motivating me to be a better designer. You're motivating me to think of things in a new way. So yeah. I would say probably primarily entertainment because what most people are probably following for, probably there are other designers who even though it's not entertainment and like the, Oh, I laughed really hard when I read this post, it's still entertainment because you're not watching. This sounds, sounds bad, but they don't take a lot away fun. from it other than the yeah. fact that they saw it. And it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think the wing thing makes a lot of sense too. Like, um, yeah. I, yeah. yeah I'm going to drop in a book and this is going to be the whole, like, like I'm going to, I'm going to redefine the Enneagram. I'm going to bring it down to these bro. three categories and just call it a day. If there's one, you talk about being the armchair anthropologist. If there's one thing I know about people, boy, they people love like categorizing themselves. They love stereotypes. People love them. Dog, please give me a quiz. Dear God, I need to know which Disney princess I am. Like there's (laughs) there is a burn aching desire for all of us to be categorized. And I don't understand it. I feel it. I embrace it at some level. Um, But but yeah, there you go. I think it's awesome. to be seen. I think people want to like yeah. feel understood. Mm-hmm. And for one Very little true. moment, uh, after you fill out the, the quiz on Facebook, you feel you feel heard, you feel known. And that little hole that your mom left in you that was never filled with understanding <laughs> or or wow, we just got way deep in that. <laughs> so dark. Well, That's gonna gosh. be the the, the <laughs> preview for the 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 show today. And that I have a great relationship that. with my mom. She loves me. She listens to me. We're, we're rocking and rolling, baby. Wanting to be understood goes back to this to my hat again, right? I want everyone to know that I'm a lady <laughs> and I'm extra creative, and I want and they're for to sale. That's why people buy into that like really niche stuff too, because they say like, I am by association special. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just highlighted myself there. Just my- um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they're saying like, yeah. Oh no, like I'm a part of a thing that other people are not a part of. And it's not an exclusive thing, but a like, you know, this is true to me. It's not true about everybody. Mm. Yeah. Man. Makes you special. We, got, we, we all want to be philosophical unique, here. I'm a, I'm special. I'm a special snowflake. <laughs> All right. You guys have had enough. Um, <laughs> Dustin, thank you. Josh, remember when we, me and your wife met the first time ever? We were both crying talking about our father. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dustin, I love you, dog. Uh, yeah, that's also true, Joel. Um, people like to hang out with people who think similarly or are excited about the same stuff. Um mm-hmm. Love that. All right, we're going to get into making a mark and our drawing prompt. You guys have had a copious, unfair amount of time to think about is. Uh, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I thought this was. Were you doing? You've been, you've I was been doing it now. I'm finished. 
I was like, oh, I got to wrap this up because they're, they're getting ready to go to the next thing. Oh, shoot. No, we didn't start it yet. All right. Well, the, yeah. you guys well, draw, I'll entertain Nick. the crowd. I love that. <laughs> it's supposed to be 60 seconds. Wait, wait, 60 seconds. Your prompt is uh, something about AI. Uh, hang on a second. I already have in mind what I'm going to draw. And a personification of AI. This is beautiful. Ready? Go. So, everybody watching, if you would, <laughs> comment what you think the personification of AI is. And I'll read those comments. Actually, you know what? I can do this. I promise my followers that if you were watching, and you're probably not watching anymore. You probably left a long time ago. Um, but if you were watching this, that I would look deeply into the camera and tell you that I love you. So, Dustin, Cooper, I love, I love you. you. Bogey, I love you. You're saying Jack <laughs> Jay Bertle. I love you. And that was it. That was the only three people that told me they were gonna watch. So I hope you're all here. I love it. This is definitely gonna be my greatest work of my life. It's my also was I supposed to been a minute, just FYI. Dustin said no one's ever told him that before. Nope. Wow. It's Holy just crap. been a minute. This is that's something to talk to your therapist about, Dustin. Um, probably reach out to them immediately. I if this is mirrored or not. Wait, are you showing? No, no, no. I was just trying to see if my camera was mirrored. All right, pencils down. Show us what you got. Okay, <gasps> you kind of did the same thing. No right, so way, Josh. Kind of. We, we all go at the same time. Everybody show, oh. and then we'll go one at a time to talk about our arts. Hey, <laughs> I love it. You and Ash are definitely on the same cute uh, vibes. Let's go in our in our round robin. Ash, you're first. So mine is Wally because I was because mm. I was going to say because someone stole the prompt idea, and I was going to say we should have done a Pixar thing, Gosh, and he's kind of good. like AI. He's a robot, and I said he's an AI, right? And his name's Wally. That's it. That's beautiful. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Nick. Hello. Uh, all right, Nick, with your five-minute illustration. As you can see, I took a, I took a lot of time here. Um, so, I got a what few characters out. So yeah, I, I, I see AI as an emerging technology, and everyone always fears that AI, that emerging technologies knife. are going yeah. to destroy. Actually, it was supposed to be a bat. See, this is oh. where I don't know how to draw. It looks like he's going <laughs> to stab him. So this is the TV. He's already killed movies. He's going to kill books next. And this is what people think AI is going to do to your creative jobs. But it's not. It's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. We're going to make it. That's why he's smiling uh, doing it. Uh, so in, in my vision, uh, AI will be doing the grunt work. So your so, your sh yeah shit work's done. <laughs> shit work's done. I drew a dollar sign and a Adios. computer for the O. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Short. Oh man, your your two year old can definitely not watch this now because she saw Dad write a bad word. She saw no, no, no. Dad it's, do a the bad. it's a dollar sign and a computer. Oh, <laughs> oh it's it's money it's hit work. Money I got it. Money hit work. Money That's where that's where the minimal money will be. Is in the <laughs> it's in the S. In the hit work. All right. <laughs> so. Uh, Dustin says thank you for saying you love you love him because no one's ever said that to him before. All right. That's so I don't know why. I have, I, I guess this is, uh, I have warm feelings towards AI because I drew like a uh, mid-century, like, what was that? Like the Jetson Judy style. Jetson. 
robot yeah, the, with the like robot. a a flash bulb in his head for some reason. Like he's, he's got low tech hardware for his high tech job, and he's also he is not uh, generating things. He is using a computer to do things. So he's clicking a little mouse. He looks kind of sweaty and nervous. nervous. That was unintentional. Yeah. That was because he knows I'm coming for his job. That's what AI doesn't know is I'm coming for you. <laughs> Robots need to watch out. Bright Cole is coming. Had I known the prompt earlier, I'd have just generated some AI artwork. Yeah. That would have that been, been so bad. Oh, that's utterly so hilarious. Like, and I did know the prompt way too early. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. Guys, that's been a, it's going to be a wrap for today. Again, huge shout out to our guest for today's episode. We'll have links as always for everybody down in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this video today, please drop a comment on the video. I don't, my love language these days is uh, YouTube comments. Uh, if you want to leave a review for us on the podcast platforms, that's peachy. I appreciate that. You can send me a handwritten note. Uh, you can buy my child gifts if you want to, but really the thing that connects my soul to yours is a YouTube comment. I don't know why I've been driving that home so hard lately, but guys, I love how you. Many children, how many how many gifts is your children getting from the? Audience? That's a That's story a for another. Um. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Hope you had as much fun as I did. You can join us live for recordings on YouTube Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'd love to have you come hang out with us in the live chat. You can follow along on Instagram at Making a Mark Pod to help us make these episodes. That's right. You'll be voting on topics, nominating guests, and tagging us in your work for a chance to have it featured on an episode. Visit makingamarkpod.com for even more info and context. This is home base, but Instagram is probably where the party's at. If you like the show and want more of this, share a link to the episode with a friend. Until next time, adios.